4: Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my good friend, the great John Shop. He has the Spartan Pride Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network, where you can also find our audio-only podcast. John, how are you, my friend?
5: I am two things. I am laser-focused, and I am locked in. Week seven, somebody is going the wrong way this weekend. I'm ready.
4: I'm ready for our four picks. I'm just going to tell you that. I'm ready for our four picks. All right, so let's dig in a little bit, Johnny, because I want to talk about the Raiders. They have scratched, bitten, clawed, have not played their best football, although the defense is playing considerably better than the offense, which still hasn't gotten above 20. But they're 3-3. and They're one game behind where I predicted – But the fact is, they're not way behind, and this Raider team, they got that. Teams like this are ones that have not quit on a coach. And I'm in the locker room. They're there. They're still fighting. They're still scrapping. I love what's going on with the Raiders, just the way the players are fighting. Clearly, execution. We're going to get into that in a minute. But your thoughts, just a general overview on the Raiders.
5: Each week makes such a difference with the roller coaster ride. So when we look ahead to this week, we see a big opportunity. They're going to Chicago. It's an early game. But who is the quarterback for the Bears? Anytime you start with that, you kind of see a green light. I think that the Raiders are looking at these coming weeks as there's a couple games they got to get. And there's a couple games they want to try to compete in and they are kind of deciding in real time what kind of team they're going to be uh and look Mm. we gotta we gotta take a minute to awe the awe and the amazement of brian hoyer playing quarterback in the nfl in 2023 here's why i'm in awe this guy must love football so much there can't be a lot of people that love the game more than brian Hoyer. he's still playing in 2023 after so many different things we can talk about it's always an asset when you've got somebody that loves the game that much so this team is finding its identity and I think they are going on a mission and they know what is at stake and there's a lot of business they can take care of so we're watching you're gonna appreciate
4: you're gonna appreciate this so I'm in the locker room the other day talking to Brian and we weren't talking football at all we were literally talking as you know, I'm friends with him and his family, and and we were just talking family stuff. And his daughter is an equestrian. I mean, she's she's very much into it. She's really, really good. He goes, why do you think I had to play 15 years in the NFL to afford equestrian? <laughs> and, yeah. and But, you know, I understand he's not a long-term answer from the Raiders. Nobody who's year 15 is a long-term answer at any position. So it's just the reality of it. But the fact that he's stuck around for 15 years tells you that he's he does it right. He practices right. He builds relationships right. He's trustworthy. You saw him come in for Jimmy, and the first thing he did is what Jimmy doesn't do. through His third play, he's dropping a 48-yard strike to Trey Tucker. Again, well, then let's just dig into it. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. We said before the year that if Jimmy Garoppolo stayed healthy for all 17 games, it, Josh McDaniels looks like a genius. And we would give him all the credit in the world. We said it. People can. This is what I love about the digital age. Everybody can go back and watch our podcast and read what we wrote. We're not in our mother's basement with our girlfriend, whose last name is we're, we're We're professional journalists. We put it out there. Here we go. But we also said if he didn't, then all the blame rested on them as well. And it does. Um, here's Jimmy now. He's through six games, played four and a half, through seven, played four and a half. They're married to him for the rest of this year and next year, his contract. Someone said, Well, why don't you just trade him? Well, who wants that contract with that player? I mean, I always laugh. I think it was Jim Trestle one time. We were joking about the NFL and about him going to the NFL. We weren't it, we were just friends talking he goes, you mean the league where when somebody sucks? Well, he didn't say sucks. Somebody stinks. You're supposed to trade him, and everyone's going to give you five first-round draft picks for him, and it was just kind of humorous. But Jimmy's out, and you got Brian and Aiden. Brian is the guy that knows – the only one who knows the playbook better than Brian is, is Josh McDaniels. He's reliable. He can make every throw. Now, I want to go back because I didn't want to say anything because I don't like throwing people under the bus. In Brian's preseason game, he had a terrible interception. And I put on there, he can't throw that ball. I mean, I I said it too. And so later on, I'm talking with people in the organization, not Brian. And they're like, oh, man, that route with the tight end was supposed to sit. And, and, And for anybody at home who doesn't understand, it doesn't mean sit down, but it means when he makes his cut, he stops. He gets his body low to get the ball to get low to, you know, minimize the hit. And Brian's job is to throw it before he turns. So Brian throws the ball and the guy turns upfield. And not going to tell you who it was. Doesn't matter. Just a player learning the playbook. We'll leave it there. So Brian gets what looks like a horrible pick. It wasn't even his pick. The tight end was supposed to sit rather than go downfield. No big deal. It's preseason, it didn't matter. But a lot of people are like, they saw that." So there was angst. Then Brian comes in. He did everything that he needed to do. Got the ball down the field. The running game got going because he stretched the field. Aiden o- so then there's that train of thought. Okay, do we go with Brian, who knows the playbook, who's reliable? He's not going to be making a lot of bad turnovers. Or do you go to? But he's not the long term answer. Do you go with the rook? who could be the long-term answer. He's good. He's really good. Who I think played much better in his first performance than anybody gives him credit for. And, but you're going to have some growing trains of the rookie and this is one you should win. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing going on, but the Raiders are in a good position because they got two good quarterbacks. Your thoughts.
5: My thoughts are you also ride the motivation train here. Brian Hoyer was briefly a starter for the bears he suffered some injuries over his career one of the more gruesome was literally clay matthews helmet breaking his ankle half yeah Yeah, so here's the way i look at it for this one you start hoyer because you probably need him the next two weeks on the road if it gets to a point in the season where the season is pretty much out the window that's when you kind of find out what aiden o'connell does we know where the bye week is. We know what's coming up before then. I think it's going it, to, it, I don't think it's going to take the the Raiders best to beat the Bears this weekend, but I do think it's going to take their best to beat the Lions the weekend after. I would probably go with Brian here as long as you can. If it ends up going to the bye week, it's not good because Jimmy is more seriously hurt than expected, but it's probably good because you're giving the team the best chance and the best putting them in the best position to win it's not too early to look at those wild card standing folks they're stacked up with a bunch of teams that have three wins right now the Raiders need to accumulate wins they're not going to be that easy to come by but there are a couple on the list between now and the bye week they have to get there is no playoff opportunity at all after the bye week if you don't get the Bears and the Giants I think right now it's a no-brainer that that's what you do you go with Brian now on the jimmy situation i would raise the concern level now to eight or nine out of ten it feels i would call
4: it CON five for all of us who watched the movie war games back in the day
5: yeah i mean get your um 286 or your vga monitor for the old folks out there that know what we're talking about turn it all the way up i'm afraid that his body is about one one injury away from from pretty much crashing over a tipping point we're glad he's not more seriously hurt when you see somebody going to the hospital, immediately you think of some of the organs that are back there and, hey, there's there's red flags we got to look at. But um, on a separate matter, it feels like they're one more injury away. So we may be talking um, in December, in mid-December, when there's a lot of Raider games, we may be talking about a couple of those where they're going ahead and planning to start O'Connell.
4: Yeah, going to be interesting. Now, I know, go- I, I, as you know, going into training camp, the plan was they would start Brian – if Jimmy went down and they were still in the hunt coming out of training camp, same thing. Hey, you know what? Aiden doesn't know it yet. So if we're in the hunt, we're going with Brian. Okay. Then they had a chance when the chargers went down and they said, okay, you know, we got a chance to give them all the the one reps. Let's give the Rook a look because he did do so good in preseason. I, again, I don't think he looked bad at all. I I know some people do because they just read stats or maybe don't know football. Oh, he was terrible. If, okay. I, I can't deal I can't argue with them whatever but to me what really stood out in a in a in a big way is that the Raiders are in a really good spot because uh I had a NFL executive tell me this and I wanted to go over it with you next and it's going to have to do with the Raiders quarterback. He said to me 25 percent of the team have a quarterback that they know can take them to a Super Bowl and win it. He said it's this way every year. 25% have a quarterback they hope can get him to a Super Bowl and win it. The other 16 have a quarterback they know that can't, and they're hunting for the one. Now, I actually think those stats may even be a little bit more on the end, but the point of the matter is, is I think it's very clear to everyone. You know, Jimmy's very talented or he has been, he's, he's been terrible in Vegas. Um, but he's not the guy that's going to get this franchise to a, to a super bowl. He's not a guy that's going to win it. Or at least I think up to now, the body of work clearly says that doesn't mean it it couldn't change, but it's what it says. And so now, if you know, okay, we're in a hunt now, we want to win now. Do we go Brian? Do we go Aiden? But also, Okay, we need to get an idea is Aiden our guy long term moving forward? Because if it is, we need to know that so we don't go pick a quarterback again next year. Very, very fascinating to me how this is going. A, what do you think of that executive's analysis? I thought that was really good about quarterback because this whole league's about quarterbacks. I mean, that I it is the way. That's,
5: that's yeah. what it is. Well, yeah, the, the way the rules are, the way everything's set up right now, that's the case. My first thought is you look at the division the Raiders are in, and there are two in the division. There is Patrick Mahomes, and there is Justin Hobart. Both of those guys very clearly have Super Bowl-level talent. So in one sense, um, they're a little bit more unique. Not every division has two. Can I stop
4: you? Did you just say you think Justin
5: Herbert is clearly that guy? Uh, Is clearly a quarterback that can play it and win at a Super Bowl level. Yes, I think so. I think he's got all the throws. I'm not saying he's going to win it
4: this year, but yeah. I, John, I, I, I'm going I'm to tell you something. I'm, I'm just going to say this to you. Aiden O'Connell outdid him when they played. And I, you're right. He's got the big arm, and he can hit every place on the field. But so could Jamarcus Russell. Now, I'm not calling Herbert Jamarcus Russell. But, man, I have not seen it. If, if, if I'm a charger – with all the money I put into him, he's in that second tier of we hope, but he ain't in the first tier.
5: Well, that may be fair then. Yeah. I mean, that, that may be cutting it a, a little bit thin, but I think relative to the Raiders, um, the way it fits is just to kind of take what the schedule gives you. Right now you're in the hunt. You're going to benefit going on the road with a veteran back-to-back weeks. Also, if for some reason it doesn't work and you've got to pull O'Connell in. It's Probably better to pull O'Connell in than it would be to pull Hoyer in, in a situation. So I would probably ride with Hoyer and hope to get through that Giants game, which should be remarkably winnable, remarkably winnable. It's gonna be the first one after the trade deadline also. So who knows who's gonna be in New York. Ideally, you have Jimmy come back for the Jets, Dolphins, and Chiefs. Then you get the bye week. You take a second and relax, then make a decision. I have absolutely... uh no qualms at all with the Raiders or any franchise saying we've got to make the best of each of these games we're interested to win all the games it's in our franchise's best interest to find out do we have a starting quarterback on this roster I think that would be the time to find out if Aiden O'Connell is the guy it is remarkably fascinating because quarterback position in the nfl it even means a significant amount more than it does at the college level it's just so darn important you've got to have it and i think that there is a path for the raiders to either have success this year or have success in determining is aiden o'connell potentially our guy if they determine that he may be great if they determine for some reason that he is not not great but get ready to draft another one next year because if we have talked about on this show before, I think we're going to see a lot more teams regularly drafting quarterbacks for a lot of different reasons. And another expansion of the roster point, this is a great example again of how expanding the roster would benefit the NFL.
4: Yeah, you know, John, you you made a point that I think was really, really salient and and I want to go back and look at it. So let's just, for the sake of this discussion, say that the Raiders win three of the next four. Okay, so let's just say it's Brian or Aiden, doesn't matter this weekend, and they win, have their best performance of the year. Then if Jimmy wants to come back, Josh is in a pickle. Because Raider Nation is going to be like, listen, we just saw what somebody did, even though it was the Bears. We haven't seen that all year. So let, let's say they lose. Let's say say Jimmy doesn't play their one and one. Then they win the next two. You think he's gonna go back to Jimmy G if they're three and one?
5: No, no. I, I again I if they're three and one, I think you keep going with whatever that hot hand is because it's mm-hmm. easier to pull Garoppolo off the bench than it is to flip it the other way around. No, I think mm-hmm. if you're the Raiders and you get warm to hot you got to keep going because you've got to accumulate wins and we will talk about a key game in in the division this week that is going to probably knock one of the teams basically out of it which will leave nothing to worry about in the west except of the team ahead so yeah i'm i would stick with the hot hand i don't think this is any time to and given the win now mandate on josh mcdaniel's dave ziggler and company now, if they somehow get hot, you got to ride that thing until it makes sense to
4: change. Yeah, I'm going to tell you now that the New England game is behind them. That was the biggest game, and now that hot. that one is is behind them, I was asked today, and I'll share this with you. Someone said, "What do you think the percentage chance that Josh McDaniels does not come back next year?" I said, "Less than five percent. Less than five
0: that well, he doesn't
4: but, come back. I, yeah, he, and- I, I, he's coming back." I mean, when you look the, at the
5: well, I, I, when you look at the schedule, I understand what you're saying because you see the very likelihood that they're going to finish the season on a on a on a
4: going up. Well, and the, and the thing is, is is Mark Davis to his credit wants continuity. He wants to build something, and I think this team is better than last year's. Um, I do. I think there's some players that aren't going to be on this team next year. But they had to sign him for stop gaps because of some poor drafting before they got here and whatever. But I just – if you're a Raider fan, this is what I say to you. You need to be praying. Let there be a quarterback controversy whenever Jimmy's ready to play because that means your team's doing well. It does. And each week is almost its own
5: season within a season. But right now – you can kind of look at it this way if you're a fan the Raiders have six games then a bye week then they got five games the opportunity to get momentum for the season is here this is it it just makes me think even more so that you're going with the veteran this week it just makes too much sense
4: so I want to get into Josh McDaniels now I wrote an article this week that went viral around the country about NFL executives look at the Raider offense. And in there, I had a quote from someone in the organization that Josh McDaniel is effing pissed because of what's going on with the offense. And I can tell you, he is. He's frustrated. They got a lot of weapons. I mean, I I tell fans, when you're taking videos of the game showing open guys downfield, who drew that play up? Who called that play? Josh McDaniels. And so Devontae Adams, who I know have a very good relationship with, he gets up and standing three feet from me. You can go watch the video on our site. um, And he starts talking about his frustration. None of it was geared towards Josh McDaniels. None of it. And what I and, and there were some Raider fans always oh, being a prima donna, or it's time to get rid of him, or he shouldn't have called out the coach. He didn't do that. He called out execution. He called out and and again, great players have a standard. That's something that I learned from Nick Saban. Is you may remember when he took the Michigan State job, Michigan State traditionally, I think it was. Um, uh, Kurt Street one time, we said, that's why Michigan State's Michigan State. Because they would consistently play up or down to the level of competition. They'd go beat number one Ohio State, then come home and and host Miami of Ohio and lose or win on a last-second field goal. And so one of the things I learned watching Nick was you set a standard so that each week you're playing your level of talent. You're playing your level of opportunity. You're playing your level of skill. So it really doesn't matter who you're playing. And 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 I think that's exactly what Devontae, in fact, I know it was exactly what Devontae was saying. And I even asked him, I said, how, mo- how good does it make you feel that you're not calling out your coach? He's just as pissed as you are. Uh, to me, I thought that was a great moment for the Raider organization. You've got your great players. Now, I can tell you this, if great players want to dominate, Devontae Adams sees all of the talent on this team and realizes this team should be competing in the playoffs. So I'm not happy beating New England by two who suck. That should have been a 14, 17, 21-point win. I was asked, well, it's all about him. No, it's not. What he's saying is, is I'm I've been there. I've been to the mountain. I know how to get you there. Ride me. But I'm going to tell you this: if they had just beaten New England by 21, he wouldn't have been frustrated, because it was it isn't about him. What he's saying is, is if we're not getting there, ride me. I'll get you there. I can get you there. But if we can get there without riding me, great. I just came here to win. I laughed because he took less money to come here. Something that that he's admitted to me on camera and he came here because he believed I can win a championship there at the organization I grew up loving to me he did nothing wrong would love to hear your point
5: yeah when you see it at first it's either a really good sign or a bad sign and in this case it looks like a good sign it looks like a player saying look I think we can get up to this level but right now we're, we're we're running here and actually reflecting back to the Manning cast in the week of Monday night football and especially what Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were saying Troy Aikman was like look there's more talent here than we're seeing right now the raiders haven't found a way to get all the pieces lined up the right way so they fit together best if you're doing the rubik's cube or if you're trying to pack 25 pieces of luggage into a little hugo trunk, you got to put them in all right to get it going down the road. This is an encouraging thing. And what also it looks like it may be is Adams suggesting we need to raise the standards a little bit for efficiency, for execution, for this team, for this organization to get where we want to go. Sometimes places, teams, uh, organizations need a kick in the tail. The obvious example for a lot of folks out there who are fans, they remember when Kirk Gibson came over to the Dodgers from the Tigers and looked around the locker room and the laissez-faire attitude and had to kick some people in the tail well that went pretty well adams here is pointing out that he feels like he can do more and there's such a gap in how good the offense can be to where it's been that it is frustrating so in this case you have a coach and the best player on the same page this is a good thing now Can the players, can the coaches identify where are we just a little bit off here and there? Are we running the route exactly as we should? Are we using the proper technique that we want to block to tighten things up? And again, if you're looking to tighten things up, playing the Chicago Bears right now, is a pretty good place to be.
4: Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Again, I'm going to tell you this. There was no angst in Josh McDaniels. um, And I would know if there were. He, he was fine with it, and he understands. He he Tom Izzo, for those of you who don't know, he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach from Michigan State, great friend. Tom Izzo has said so many times, I've heard him say it, John, you've heard him, a player-coach team is better than a coach-coach team. That's exactly what you saw with Devontae Adams. He was calling out. We got to execute. We got to get there. what has got to get me the ball. I'm open. Let's go. Other people are open. I, I loved it. I love. I think it was good for this team, and I thought it was an ethereal moment. All right, now I want to move on because I want to talk about the trade deadline. You and I were way out ahead of this curb, talking about, I think this is going to be the most active NFL trade deadline ever. There is, from what I'm hearing from scouts, they're projecting as many as five, possibly, depending on how the rest of the college football season plays out, seven guys, quarterbacks in the first round. They don't think it'll go to seven. They think five, but it could. And as you know, John, I talk to general managers and everybody every year. Do you have a first-round grade? What do you grade this quarterback at? Where? What do you think of this? How many of them? How many dudes do you have? These are camp misses, Whatever. And so there's going to be a lot of teams now because of the way the NFL. And I credit Roger Goodell, and I'm not a good, a big Roger Goodell fan, but I credit him on this. That because they have the rookie salary cap, teams now can go experiment, and if a guy doesn't work, like you just saw, San Francisco by Trey, and and so there's going to be a lot of teams saying, "Okay, look what's going on with the Broncos. Let's get rid of some pieces." and go try to get a quarterback next year because it's all about quarterback. And I, I find that fascinating. We're starting to see some trades already percolate. To me, John, this is – if you're a team – give you an example. If you're the Raiders and you know Aiden's your guy and you're not going to be looking for a quarterback next year, then you can buy differently at the NFL trade deadline because you know what you're going to be looking for. To me, I just think this is going to be a fascinating trade deadline. I, I, I'm. Let me look at the date. All right, we got 11 days, Johnny guitars. This is going to be a fun 11 days. It will. You know what we're
5: seeing so far is familiar faces going back to familiar places, such as Hardman going back to the Chiefs. Okay, that's like the first wave. Um, what everyone's looking for is there is is there going to be a big move? Are, are the Broncos going to send Jerry Judy? Are the uh, the Washington football team, are they going to move Chase Young if they get into that position? This is the interesting part of it. What big moves are going to be made? It appears that there's not going to be a Kirk Cousins move or another real serious move to somebody like the Jets. I mean, that's what it looks like now. But it is going to be interesting because there is a perception right now, say, I'd probably get a pretty good deal dealing with the Broncos because they got some dead weight they want to get rid of. And there's also probably a perception of, you know, we'd really love to have this guy or that guy. We'd love to have Hunter Renfro, but he would have a super high price because the Raiders are in the mix. And, you know, um, I also have my eyes on Chicago just because they have.
4: I've, I've been telling you for a while. I've been telling you this since before training camp. I think Hunter can be taken for a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah. And so the question
5: is, does somebody come up and say that? Is there an injury this weekend? Is there a team? Who knows? Is there a team? Maybe, I mean, for God's sake, they play the Lions right before. Is, is there something even that happens at a team that they see? Um, that's what we're really looking for. I do have a lot of eyes on Chicago because they have what looks like really high picks. Now you got a wild card of an injury to Justin Fields that uh, throws some of that stuff up in the air. But when I look at the division, we're going to get to the feature foursome. And there's a game in there that I think is going to have an impact on the trade deadline, too. Because if the Chargers are knocked out of this thing, what are they going to do?
4: I was talking to an NFL executive this week and um, for that article that I wrote. And we were talking about his team has Drake May number one. In fact, they don't even, and, and he's a, very successful. They don't even think it's close. They think it's Drake May, Caleb Williams, and then way down here, everybody else. But they and, and I'm hearing that more and more and more around the league. People love Drake May. But he told me if Chicago has the first pick, he said, I'll be stunned if they don't take Caleb Williams. I'll just be stunned. I'll be stunned. And to me, uh, then all of a sudden, if, if that many teams think Drake's better, now here's the interesting part. There's a good chance Chicago is going to have the one and the two. Yeah. So think about this, Johnny guitars. They take Caleb, but more teams want Drake. Mm. This could be as big as when Jimmy Johnson traded Herschel Walker.
5: That's what I. That's what I. That's what I thought the first a couple of weeks back when it was like, wait a minute, the Bears may have two in the top five. The first thing that struck my mind is they may have a significant trade value there and they as you mentioned they may be able to not only trade for more picks in future years but to 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 get really a starting level players so I look at the NFL draft like everybody quarterback and who's chasing the quarterback who can get to the quarterback I would think those are two natural needs for the Bears but you know if you're locked into taking Caleb Williams I don't know maybe he is uh better than a lot of the nfl folks think if you take the wrong guy
4: anyone that doesn't think he's good
5: oh no 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 i know yeah i'm with you there but who's more nfl ready now if they take the wrong guy you gotta look out there's a lot of eyes on the bears there should be i'm not sure how many guys they have on their team who are literally looking to get out because they kind of know the way the rest of the season is going to go. But let's see what happens about, oh, I don't know, 5 o'clock Sunday night, because I would think the Bears will start to be on the phone then and say, these are the guys that we are willing to move. If I'm the Bears, I want to stock up and load up, and I do want to take this next draft and turn it into a corner for a franchise that is had a trouble turning over the engine for a long time now.
4: All right, so let me tell you what this executive told me. And when we get off air, I'll tell you who it is. Um, he, I said to him, what would you do? He said, well, you mean if I had the one and the two? And I said, yeah. And he said this to me. He goes, if I believe Justin Fields is the guy, and I really believe he is, he goes, I think I can get four first-rounders For both picks. He goes, and you're telling me I can trade my two first rounders for eight first rounders? He goes, I know, I know. This is what he told me. He goes, but I think it'll be a land haul for those two guys. Because he goes, there's enough people in love with Caleb and enough in love with Drake. If you got one and two and you think Justin's your guys, great boys. Come get them. Four first rounders that was fascinating to me
5: when you tie in what's going on with the bears stadium are they going to redo soldier field again are they going to move etc you tie in the timing of that with basically okay maybe we're going to be a little thin in 2024 that's a no-brainer if they can somehow walk away with more than two first round picks and other picks uh in the top four rounds I would be not opposed to moving them both. If not,
4: if I'm the Bears, let me just say right now: if I'm the Bears, and I never even thought of that scenario till the guy brought it up to me, if I'm the Bears and I've got one and two, and somebody's got to have Caleb, great. I I I would pick number one is five first rounders. I don't think they'll get that, but I do think they'll get four, which is still a huge haul. And then if, if, but if everybody's not everybody, but if there's a let's let's assume the team that gives four firsts for the first pick, wants Drake May. Then the next team coming along desperately wants Caleb Williams. Okay, well, if you think that he's better than that guy, then I don't want to hear you complaining, giving up the same amount for four. And if they are as good as those teams think, I you've heard me say this. Years ago, when the, when the Bears selected Mitch Trubisky, I was on a national show, and I said, everyone is trashing the pick. I said, I think it's a terrible pick. It's going to get everybody fired in in Chicago. And I was right. But if you're convinced this guy is my guy, then you pay whatever price you got to pay. Yeah. And if you look at the bears, if they're convinced Justin Fields is the guy and you can pick up eight first rounders, that is criminal negligence. If you don't do it, I'm with you completely. And, You would think
5: that they would still be picking in the first round one of those some of those picks would be dropping down so they could plug some holes to get people to block for him and maybe again get somebody to chase the quarterback i'm with you completely it would be really unique obviously if they end up in that spot it's going to be unique and we're talking about it because what happens this weekend matters a lot for the bears they got a wild card with the injury last week They got a quarterback who, I don't know what in the world he's going to have an idea what's going on. He's going to be looking for Max Crosby. It it should get ugly in Chicago. No jinx, but it should get ugly. Then some of the page already starts to turn in Chicagoland. That's why the NFL is interesting 365 days of the year. And I know you folks out there, you talk and think about it all 365. It's okay. We do too. And we do too. All right, let's go with our four big picks. I'm ready, Johnny Guitars. The featured foursome. Let's just talk about what's going on in this division. Because the way I read this calendar is the Chargers are in deep trouble of being knocked out pretty much of everything this week. Chargers at Chiefs. Do the Chargers have any chance in the world? Uh, I don't think so. But does any team need to win more this week than the Chargers? I don't think so.
4: Oh, no, no, I, I want to address this because I have said this. I think that the Chiefs have immense talent. This their coach. The Chargers I, I think he's. The, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Chargers. Their coach I, is is the worst in the league.
5: I think this is the I, end. I think this is the beginning of his end. I think they lose this weekend, and this is the beginning of the end.
4: I think day. the end's already determined. I think they've already decided we're done with this 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 guy. We're we're out. But listen, if you're a raider, you'd love to see it. Because if you're a raider, anytime the Chiefs lose, you're happy. But I as long as the Chargers have that coach, even with all that talent, I'm sorry. I I I'm I'm riding Chiefs all, all day long.
5: If Kansas City is savvy enough to start playing the Doors song, The End. During the end of that ball game, look out! I think the end is coming for the Chargers. Now, there's a game in the southeast that has to be played. It's a weak division. Atlanta is going to Tampa.
4: I I I like Tampa in this one. I'm going to take Tampa because it's at home. If it was in Atlanta, but I love B. John Robinson. You were right. I on. love me some. He what? looks.
5: Um they got a quarterback situation in Atlanta to worry about. They're one of those teams maybe that could be calling the Bears, but we'll deal with that another day. Uh, two teams that right now do not appear to have a quarterback issue are Detroit and Baltimore. This is a game with arguably two teams that could somehow find a way to make a deep playoff run. Detroit going to a traditionally difficult place to play. Weather could be a little bit nasty. Lions at Ravens.
4: Ideally for the Raiders would be a Lions win. And I that, think the Lions are a better team.
0: Uh,
4: I'm going to go with Baltimore because it's in Baltimore. and uh, But, man, uh, the Lions, Johnny, they've sold me, brother. Well, there's two teams at the top of their division. You look at what
5: team needs it more, it's probably the Ravens that need it more. I have a feeling this is going to be a really good one. Now, we know the last one should be really good. The Dolphins are doing things all across the field in a unique way. They appear to be ready for the Super Bowl like now. Like, can we play it now? The Eagles, uh, to me, appear to be trending more and more to be the favorite. They basically pluck Julio Jones out of retirement, although I don't expect he's necessarily going to play this week. Everybody wants to see this one. Miami at Philly. I do think it's a reality check time. I think the Eagles are going to have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder and take the Dolphins
4: scoring machine down a little bit. I'm riding with my favorite of the Kelsey brothers, and I. I this is a Philly one for me. I, I'm going to say this. I respect what Miami's doing. I respect their coach. I respect their players. This is not a statement of disrespect. I think they're a franchise on the rise. If they go into Philly and win this game, they now go from a team that I think is on the rise to a team that's a legitimate contender. Legitimate contender. 100%. So I, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting them. I I think they're going to abuse the Raiders. But I'm just not convinced. I, to me, uh, it reminds me of the old John Wayne movie, The Cowboys, when he's sitting there with all the young men and the, the old bulls fighting the young bull. And he says, the young bull's bigger, faster, stronger, but the young bull doesn't know what he's doing. And so the big bull is going to win because of because his knowledge. To me, Miami comes walking in. They're the, they're they're the, the swashbuckling cowboy and the Eagles are like, <laughs> all right. I, I just, I believe that. I think that the Eagles have the ability to hold the ball, to shorten the clock, to shorten the game. I think they, they there's a lot there of the Eagles. Again, Miami wins it. My whole perspective and in my power rankings, they go way up, yeah. but I got to see them go in there and beat Philly.
5: I'm with you. I, I think the Eagles are probably the most complete
4: team in the NFL right now. Yeah, totally agree. So, John, for the Raider game, I'm picking the Raiders 24-14. It's going to be a beautiful day, about 52 or 53 degrees. sunny, a little bit overcast at times, but so partly sunny. What is your prediction, Johnny Shaw?
5: Raiders 26, Bears 9. I don't think they're going to I- do anything nine i think the defense for the raiders is going to say hello i i think this one get downhill a little bit i don't think the raider i don't think the bears are going to do anything nine the
4: raiders need a get right game and i talked about it in my podcast on thursday man they need and that that's kind of what they're thinking so it's good really good all right johnny guitars always great to be with you each and every week breaking down Raider football going around the Raiders. Thank you so much for your time from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm Hondo Carpenter, joined by Johnny Shop, who also has a podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. It's called the Spartan Pride Podcast. We appreciate all of you. We'll see you soon, and have a great day.
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions
4: apply. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. What? What?